0: Let's talk about the 22 years given to Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd. Let's also discuss the nine government pilot events totaling 58,000 people with only 28 COVID infections reported. What about the two great books released on Windrush Day? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Anybody can become angry. That's easy. But to be angry with the right person and at the right degree and at the right time and for the right purpose and in the right way, that is not within everybody's power. And it is not easy. Aristotle. I like that one. So it is... Episode twenty-two, as we continue to spark debate. This week we had the national, international no, national rather—national Windrush Day, which was on the twenty-second. So I hope everybody had a a lovely Windrush Day and done some things to commemorate the day. Um, a couple of really good books have come out. I'm going to talk about that a bit later. Um, came out on the day. Um, but moving forward, we have, uh, we have um, the Seychelles Independence Day, which is on the 29th. Um, their Independence Day was in uh, 1976. And also we've just had um, Mozambique's Independence Day. And their Independence Day was on in 1975, on the 25th of June. So this week, what's happened this week? So Usain Bolt, I mean, Usain Bolt, I always, every time I hear his name, I always think to myself, you know, you couldn't have, I mean, it's been said a million times now, but the fact that his surname is Bolt is just like destined. He was destined to be the fastest man on the planet. But he's had two sons, two twin sons, and he's decided to really play on the name for his legacy and he's, you know, his offspring and he's called his son, One's called Thunder, and one's called St. Leo. So I think he's betting on Thunder to be the runner, you know. But, um, no, beautiful thing. But congratulations to him and his family, you know, two in the additions. I think that, that he has an older daughter who's maybe a couple of years old at the moment from the looks of the pictures. But, yeah, beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff. They're, they're, um, I mean, their they're upbringing and their... Their life is looks promising, you know. Bearing in mind they've been their dad is Usain Bolt, fastest man on the planet, and I think it'd be a long time before anybody else can claim that. So, and how how ironic would it be if it is one of his children that actually beats him? That'd be amazing. So, okay, so moving on, um, we have the Delta Plus variant now. These variants are just upgrading as time goes on um unfortunately um so th- some experts are actually worried um that this you know the new variants will like weaken the existing vaccine, so that's one of their one of their concerns and um the German chancellor Angela Merkel warned that europe's on thin ice um as the the the, the delta variant is kind of spreading across the continent so it is definitely of concern, um, not just in the UK, although it is it is prevalent in the UK as well. So, um, and on the back of that, I mean, well, not even on the back of that, but I mean, obviously, Matt, Matt Hancock has been the person who's been, you know, um, he's been kind of the face in many ways of the whole COVID scenario, being the health secretary, um, but he has resigned. Um, so if you, I mean, it was it was on the cards, you know for all that was happening with Dominic Cummings and obviously now he's been caught snogging um one of his aides and yeah so he's resigned and apparently he's also before before the news broke he also ended his marriage as well so a lot going on for him this month for sure but in his place um Sajid Javid is taking his spot as the health secretary so let's see what he brings to the table and how he deals with things going forward and sadly in Australia um, Sydney has gone into a two-week lockdown Um, and yeah well basically because of the rise in the number of cases with the Delta virus over there as well and this is the second uh, not the second this is the biggest um, lockdown since December so so yeah you know this thing is not totally gone away although Later on we'll be speaking about some of the some of the pluses that we've seen of recent. But another plus is that um from four o'clock on Wednesday the thirtieth, Barbados, Bermuda, Dominica, Grenada and Montserrat will be on the green list. So no quarantine if you need to go. I know a few people wanting to go to Montserrat. In then this year, so I'm sure they'll be looking at flights and tickets. Hopefully they haven't quickly bumped the prices up um but yeah, so some Caribbean spots are we're able to go to, and hopefully they stay on the list. You know the worst thing is people you know book their tickets, they go, and then they find out once they're there they've they've gone on Amber list or Red List, and it just changes the whole holiday for them. So, but it's good news. Let's stick to that point. It is good news that you are allowed to fly now to those places. So the cases in, I mean, but the cases over here in the UK generally have like, I think they've risen to their highest since April, since early April, actually. Um, The ONS figures have, have suggested at this point. So the numbers are high, but the good news is you know, not a lot of people are being hospitalized, not a lot of people are dying, which is which is really good, which is really good. But nevertheless, the numbers are rising, so we have to see how that impacts us going forward. Um, and, you know, obviously through through time since they've had the vaccines, et cetera, the government has been doing their mass pilots, you know, events where they're letting people come in unmasked and just various stipulations, but kind of just to kind of, test and see how we can open up things so this is where some of the good news is because they've done nine of these pilot events and in total they've um they've had they've been indoor and outdoor but in total they've had like over fifty-eight thousand people went to these indoor and outdoor events and out of those events only they've only had 28 cases of covid so for me that kind of says we can open up possibly like i mean i'm I'm not sure why we wouldn't, but then again there's you know it's not as straightforward i suppose all all the people um that attended as well i'm sure they there was uh, i'm I'm not even sure if they had to have their vaccines, maybe they had to have vaccines or they had to test i think that they would have at least had to test negative um at the time but yeah but but this is good news you know this is good news and and we're not talking about deaths we're just talking about cases of infection so we're obviously doing something right in some way but the different events i mean they've had um it was the world snooker championship event uh we had the fa cup semi-final the carbo um cup final acc business event in liverpool um circus nightclub um had some dance nights there was like three thousand plus people there um Sefton Park concert, there, there, the Brit Awards, the FA Cup final, and the reunion 5K run. So, I think the biggest one they had must, yeah, it was the FA Cup final. There was like 18,720 people. So, so yeah, you know, I mean, it was a guinea pig situation, but I think those those are are better better than I would have thought. To be fair, so it's good news. So let's see, let's see Hopefully, you know, when we get to July We can we can open up And just crack on with our lives And kind of, because we have to live with this situation At the end of the day As, as we've said many times So, um, but people are still Protesting over the You know, being locked down and stuff You know, people are not happy with that um, So people are protesting In London, I'm sure they're in Other, other cities as well But Today, at the time of me recording this pod, it was um twelve people had been arrested in london so so yeah, people are not happy still people are not happy and at least they're allowed to 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 hear their views because I remember a time when they actually weren't even allowed to protest, which is crazy, it still sounds crazy to me, not allowed to protest, but yeah, but unfortunately, we have had um one death of a young person through youth violence um, on Friday the 25th of June, a 90 year old 19 year old uh, man was found suffering with um, stab wounds in Sydney which is really sad so my thoughts and prayers go out to the family um, family and friends and everybody connected to that, so that now brings it to 97 um, excuse me 37 knife murders this year which is way too many, way, way too many. So Dalian Atkinson, uh, his case has been come to some sort of conclusion where he, it was confirmed that PC Benjamin Monk had committed manslaughter and caused the death of the ex-footballer. So he will be sentenced in, I think he's going to be sentenced on Monday, um, but up until then, he's, he's been granted bail. Um, the judge has has said that a custo- custodial sentence is inevitable. They, they haven't really been clear about what sort of custodial sentence. But um, I hope they 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 do the right thing because you know, I mean, this wasn't this wasn't um, just your ordinary case. You know, the, he put the taser on him six times. Um, Not six times, held it for six times more than the the time you should be holding it, which is, he held it for like 33 seconds. So he's tasered him. You're only meant to hold it for a set amount of time, but he had it for 33 seconds, which is six times more than the deployed standard. And then on top of that, to add insult to injury, he kicked him in his head you know, um, and who knows what else happened. But um he's kicked him enough, hard enough, for the laces prints to be on the, the man's forehead. So, yeah, I hope the sentencing is correct. Um And, yeah, my thoughts go out to the family, because obviously the family's had to relive it, and they've had to be silent for all this time and, and things like that. So, yeah, there's a lot to go through. Also, though, the other person was with him, PC, Mary Ellen Bentley-Smith, who was a probationary constable, her case um, ended in a hung jury after the jury deliberated for, like, 21 hours. So there may be a retrial. I think they've got seven days to decide whether they want to seek, the prosecutors want to seek a retrial. Um, But, yeah, so it's still ongoing in that sense, but... We'll obviously keep up to speed with all of that. I mean, the the thing is, um, Mr. Atkinson, he, he had loads on. You know, he had a, a number of underlying um, health conditions. You know, um, but you know, the fact that he had to go through that, and then literally, you know, he, he went into cardiac arrest in the ambulance and was pronounced dead by the time he reached. You know, went to the hospital. Got to the hospital. Um, so I'm just I'm just glad they didn't. You know, beat around the bush with this, and you know they came to the correct conclusion because any other conclusion would have been absolute folly, absolute folly, considering what what happened and and the time that he ended up dying after that as well. So this is, um, but this is the first time in over thirty years in this country since a police officer has been convicted, the acting police officer as well, has been convicted of um, manslaughter, uh, you know, in the course of their duties. So. So yeah, it is it is really significant. It is really significant. And also on the other side of the pond, um George Floyd's um murderer, Derek Chavon, was sentenced to twenty two years and six months. Um uh, the family I think the family was asking for the maximum, which I think was forty years, but they gave him 22. 22. Um I mean he's forty five, so it'll be a long he'd be a very old man by the time he comes out if he if he lasts that long, to be fair, who knows what he's going to experience um, whilst being in prison? Considering how high profile he is and everything else, so time will tell. But um, he will also have to um, register if he is released. Register as a predatory offender, and he's barred from owning firearms for life as well. So he did. He did actually speak in in court and gave his condolences to the to the Floyd family, but he, he didn't apologise within that. You know, he spoke about there being some other information that will be coming out in the future that may give them some peace of mind, stuff like that, but he, he didn't apologise, and really that was the opportunity for him to apologise for what he'd done. There's no... There's no, no matter what new information is coming, you can't dispute the fact that he did what he did you know, and it, and it caused the, the death, you know, and it's not even manslaughter, it's, it's murder, so so yeah, uh, I think it's def- well, it was definitely the right outcome for him, um, could it have been longer? Yeah, for sure, for sure, I I would have thought so, but it is what it is, so at least it gives the, the family the opportunity now to move on, because it's, obviously it's been a long year, a tragic year for them, and yeah, people can move forward and and try to not make the same mistakes going forward. So also came up this week was the Metropolitan Police making one of the world's largest cryptocurrency seizures worth like £114 million um, pounds in, in in fiat currency. So, yeah, it was the, um, the Met's um, Economic Crime Command um, and they they've received some you know, intelligence about transfers and criminal assets, and yeah, they intercepted it. But yeah, it's a lot of um, a lot of money, you know. Obviously, with cryptocurrency, is is quite um, it does fluctuate. So I'm I'm wondering how much it's worth now. Like, has it gone up? Has it gone down? Depending on what, what coins it is and and things like that. So, but yeah, um, a lot, nevertheless. But the police are. Definitely onto all all kinds of currency at this point. So also um, the crime, the Cleveland uh, Police Superintendent um, Bev Gill has been is being investigated um, through meddling with investigations. Basically, she's been accused of tipping off um, other officers. um, Detective Inspector Simon Herwood. Who had some allegations of sexual nature made against him um, from? I think we spoke about that last week as well. Um, due within the police force, um, but she was accused of intervening, you know, and, and kind of and tipping him off and things like that. And then there's another case which she was involved in as well, um, uh, where she she intervened as well. In basically, a love rival, a love triangle situation. So she's been. A bit of a busybody and whatnot. So yeah, she's under investigation now and well, not under investigation, she's in court for it now. But they haven't come to any conclusion. And they're looking to adjourn it. I think their prosecutors have asked for an adjournment for a period of time so that they can gather all all of the evidence and whatnot. So we'll have to kind of watch his space and see how that goes. But this is a you know, this is not a new person to the force. She's been in the force for like twenty-five years, twenty-five years of experience. So you can only imagine, you know. I'm, I'm thinking, that are these the first things that have happened, or are these just the things that she's been caught for? You know, has she tampered with, with investigations in the past? Has she, you know, you know, when people get caught doing things, often it's not the first time. They have to be really unlucky, I suppose, to get caught doing stuff the first time. So, but I'm sure that it will, it will all come out over time. And also, there is an officer who's been jailed for twenty-eight years for for historical um, abuse. Sixty-eight-year-old Kevin Barry Bentley convicted of of um, uh, abuse of five women and one girl. Um, some of them dating back to like the nineteen seventies. So he's been he's been doing this stuff for a long, long time. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, he's been found guilty of like twenty-four. Serious sexual offences and physical um, assaults. All this and this all happened on the twenty-second of June is when he when he was sentenced to twenty-eight years. So, so at least he's you know he's he's in the right place. You know he's um, he's going to be doing his sentence. But again, you know when you compare, I mean, this is in England. He's he's got twenty-eight years. I mean, obviously there are a lot more people involved. Um, but just thinking back to um, Derek Chauvin's 22 years, I think there is definitely an argument that he should have more, that he should have should be sentenced to more. But you know, different sides of the war, different scenarios. So, but yeah, so he got 28 years anyway, um, and also they've suggested that he does a minimum of 18 and a half years before even being considered. But to be fair, you know, eight and a half years, and he's like 68 yeah again, it's if he if he lasts that long because that, that is a long time considering his age as well. so he will have to see how that goes. So also this week we had the uh, we we had not even this week, yeah this week we had the full moon, yeah, earlier on this week we had the full moon. The next full moon's in um in July, I think they call that one the Buck moon. not sure why hopefully before before then i'll find out why they call it the buck moon um yeah and we also had, we, did, we also had the the longest day but it wasn't it was a bit cloudy and i think it might have been a bit bit wet so we didn't really get to enjoy it unfortunately so i have to wait until next year to enjoy that i mean generally i like to be at a barbecue sitting on those long long summer nights especially on the longest day that is a you know, if it's sunny and warm, you know, you get that extended time, but it didn't happen this year. But we still got we've still got some sunny days to come, I'm sure. And I hope they stay sunny. I mean, compared to what happened in Barkin and Dagenham this week, they had like lightning strikes and wind damage, houses damage, tornado. You know, and when you see the footage, that I mean, it was the the bins, the big bins, and the way the wind was swirling them around. It was a little bit like um, Wizard of Oz, to be fair. It looked like it could have moved the bed and see Dorothy flying across the landscape. But um, but thankfully, there were no casualties reported. But it it just did seem really bizarre seeing that in the UK. I don't, I'm not sure I've seen. A tornado. could usually the torn, you get tornadoes in the UK, but they're usually going across fields, or you know they they're not able to move stuff. And so yeah, it was um, it was definitely different watching that, especially like I said, just in Barking and Dagenham. So the weekly crypto roundup. As I always start off by letting people know, I am not a financial advisor. And I'm definitely not giving any financial advice. It's just a roundup of what's been going on over this week in this volatile space. So, this week, uh, Sotheby's, Sotheby's are, have confirmed that they're going to accept crypto payments for the sale of the rear 101 carat auction, diamond auction that they've got on July the 9th. So they're, taking, they're only taking Bitcoin or traditional currency. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that is a big thing. I mean, it's a big diamond as well, 101 carat. That's a, that's a very special diamond. And I think it's a clear one as well. So, you know, No flaws or anything. So very big situation. Be interesting to see how much that goes for and if it is paid for in, in Bitcoin because obviously the prices changed dramatically recently in regards to Bitcoin. Hmm, interesting, but yeah, I'll keep up with that. So and also um two big influencers in their in their own way, Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey, who owns Twitter, they are going to be having some uh, some discussions um in regards to Bitcoin, the big in regards to adopt the adoption the adoption of Bitcoin. So that should bring up some stuff. That should be interesting, the outcome of that. And also, um, also in, in regards to Sotheby's, Sotheby's um, is, will also be doing an auction with, with Rock Nation um, for a one-of-a-kind digital portrayal of the cover of Jay-Z's studio album, Reasonable Doubt, classic album. I still got it, still play it now. But yeah, so that, that cover's going to be sold off as an NFT, which is, so Jay-Z's in the market now. I'm sure he's been in the market, you know, undercover already you know, being the businessman that he is. But yeah, so that piece of art, it's going to be interesting to see how much that ends up going for as well. And also Marvel um, have tied up, tied up with a company called VV Digital Collectibles app, and they're looking to launch um, some global digital collectibles for Marvel fans. So that should be... I mean, Marvel, um, even before NFTs, you know, they make their, their merchandise, so they have loads of collectible stuff, but now they're just really opening up the market now, getting into the NFTs, so that'd be interesting to see what and how much they go for, whether they're within the price range of, you know, buying things for your for your children and stuff like that, or even for yourself. You know, sometimes when it comes to some of these childish things if you're a parent like me, you kind of use the kids as disguise because I'm, I'm banging to Marvel as well, as much as my, my kids are. So, so, yeah, we'll be doing that together. But, yeah, I mean, if, if, if they're of reasonable price, we, we might even get involved. But also, um, Russell Simmons is also... He's, he's the, obviously the founder of um, Def Jam Records, and he's teamed up with a company called 2K, and they're going to launch a new NFT collection. Um, titled Masterminds of Hip-Hop. So they're looking to, um, I think the goal is to to raise money um, and give credit and and financial um, benefits to the music- musicians who help build up hip-hop, the hip-hop industry from the ground up. So, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like it's quite a philanthropic thing he's doing. You know, he's doing it to raise money, to give away. So we'll see how that goes as well. I'm sure that'll raise loads of money as well. And also, um, Rockefeller again, they're back in the news again in regards to a restraining order they put on Damon Dash, who is a third owner of the Reasonable Doubt album. And basically he tried to sell it. He tried to sell it as an as NFT. Um, but they, there has been an injunction and it's been stopped by a New York judge um, because he doesn't fully own it, basically. So, yeah, so very interesting. Everybody's getting involved. The hip hop's world is getting involved in NFTs. It's an interesting time. You know, I think this is really a time for us to upskill, you know what I mean, and keep up to speed with all of these different ways of, you know, increasing our finances and understanding money and, and different ways of investing. You know, it's, I, think, I think it's really important. I think it's important to teach our kids as well. You know um kind of reminds me I, I need to start playing um a game that I have um uh, cash flow I need to start playing that with my my youngest because I think they're, they're they're definitely old enough now to grasp it in a different way, but yeah we we have to kind of upskill ourselves in regards to finance you know our financial Iq and what to invest in you know because the future is going to be very different, you know we're still we We're still going through this pandemic situation, but we're nowhere near the end or the beginning of what life is going to look like. I believe anyway, I believe you know things are still in flux, a lot of things to happen before we we kind of settle down back to to whatever our new normal's going to be. so yeah, I think we just need to invest in ourselves in many different ways and I think one of the things I think as well is and is we should teaching our kids. Um, coding or, you know, getting them involved in computers in that way so they understand. I mean, what what would the future look like if if we teach our primary school? What will it look for, like for our children if we start teaching them or allowing them to learn um, at primary school age uh, how to code? You know, what would the world look, for them, look like for them going in the future? Will they have more opportunities? Will they have less opportunities? Will they be secure? You know, I, I tend to think, you know, if if young people now, I mean, the amount of time they spend on the screens anyway, you know, there are there are lots of um, apps and things where they can start actually learning really early, you know. And you can kind of use it like a bit of a carrot and a stick kind of thing. Like, you know, if you want a bit extra time, you do a bit of this coding and then you can play your games on there. And before they know it, they've learned how to code. And that might be something that opens up, Well, it will definitely open up loads of doors. It's about having different different straws, different not straws, different feathers in your cap, you know, once you hit the work market, once you want to go into business and stuff like that. So computers, technology is going to be a big part of our future. It's been a big part of our present and our past at this point. So it's definitely going to feature heavily in the future. And whoever's computer literate, you know, our our children, if they're computer literate, not just able to find their way around Facebook and Snapchat and stuff, but able to create things, life's going to be very different for them, for the better. Definitely for the better. So, earlier I was talking about books that came out on Windrush Day this week. So, and I think these are really good and important books to have, and I would definitely be purchasing both of them. So, the first one is um, Black London, History, Art and Culture. And basically, it covers um hundred and twenty places um in the u k which have connections to black London history so I think this this sounds like a book that should be in all schools at this point i mean i haven't I haven't read it yet, but from what I can see of it, it sounds like it's definitely a be a good book for to to be in schools, just you know even when you're they're taking the kids out to you know on day trips. Offer of that book, that's that's a few day trips easy, you know, for different years. But I digress. But um, so it's Avril um, Nanton and Jodie Burton, two ladies that have put this book together, and basically, as I said, it's a, it's a new guidebook covering London's Black history, um, and it you know events across the centuries, um, and it looks at the the blue plaques where the blue plaques are, certain statues, murals all across the capital. So um, you know, and just looking at various events like sixteenth um, century um, John Blank and the trumpeter from King Henry's court, and down to the modern day and um, Black Lives Matter movement. So yeah, definitely a book I'll be getting. Black London: History, Art, and Culture. So I'll definitely be getting that. Um, and yeah, probably go to some some of the spots that I actually haven't been to. That's a good point. I didn't even think that far ahead. But yeah, that's what I'll be doing. I'm going to do some of that definitely over this summer. And the other book is Michael Holding's book, We Kneel, We Rise. So it um, delivers like a powerful and inspiring message of hope for the future um, and these visions of change, basically. Um, you know, he, he, I saw him on, on GMTV this week and he, he spoke about um, basically being emotionally exhausted, you know, talking about race all the time. Um, and kind of highlighted the fact that there's a lot of black people that feel like that and I can definitely resonate with that. You know, it's, when you think about it, it's something that you've had to speak about on some level or be conscious of for your whole life. So, although we talk about these things it's not it, it does take a a, a a toll on you in some way, shape or form but um but yeah he he was quite emotional um in his post uh, last year when he was i think they had a uh, one of the cricket matches rained off, and they were talking kind of filling the gaps and he, he gave a really emotional talk, you know, and it went viral for the back of that, and it kind of led him from one thing to the other and he he he, he was saying, like, he didn't really want to write no books or do any interviews and keep talking about it because of how exhausting it was emotionally. Um, but I think eventually they kind of pushed him and just said, you know, like, it's really important that you do this and, and follow it through. So he's gone and done it. So hats off to him for, for doing that and for being so open and honest as well about his feelings and wearing his heart on his sleeve. Um I think it's really important, but what what made me laugh during the interview, you know, he was, he was explaining it all calmly. He didn't get too emotional, like, you know, tearful or anything like that, but uh, he he's, he was like, you know, at the end of the day, all this racism is... And he, he, he used an expletive. Um, let's just say he, he, he spoke about the male gonads, you know. I, I won't say the word because we'll keep it PG... But it was, um, he just said it as a matter of fact. and um, But it's true. That is, it is just all male gonads. <laughs> I think you know the word which goes in there. It begins with B. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so those two books, those two books, I will be definitely buying those two books and, and I will be um, going on a little tour to see, you know, get, get some of this history, some of this history that I don't know. You know, I'm I'm sure even even you know some of us who have got loads of history, um, understanding the British Black British history. I'm sure there would be things you can pick up off of the back of um, following that book. And I think one of the authors from that the Black London book. I think she actually is a tour guide as well. So I think that's that's where her passion for doing the book maybe came from. So yeah. So yeah. So look, the weather hasn't been the greatest over the last it's been on and off it's been it's been on and off it's like we had a little bit of a heat wave wave about two weeks ago and it kind of changed up a bit um if you catch it in the morning so like the, today actually when we was at playing football it was really sunny really hot thought like I was going to get a suntan but by the by the afternoon it was totally gray out there so whenever the sun comes out just get out there and enjoy it if you've got a bike and you, it's not you haven't used it. And it's got a puncture, the chain's broken. Get it to a bike shop, get it fixed up. Get out on your bike. If you haven't got a bike and you you just want to do some walking, get out there and do some walking. Take full advantage of the fresh air, the freedom. You know the things you can do today. You know, take full advantage of it because there's a lot we can do. You know, as challenging as things are, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And we should be looking after ourselves in a way that we never have, to be fair. In a way we should have always been doing, but now we know how things can happen and how important our health is and how not having good health makes us super vulnerable. We should be doing everything to to fix up, you know. And if if you've forgotten how it was and how you felt at the beginning um, of this whole pandemic situation, just Take a minute and sit down and think about, you know, what you said you're going to do from now on that maybe you've forgotten because it's gone on for so long. Maybe you've kind of slipped back into pre-pandemic thinking. But remember how it was at the beginning, you know, all of the things you said you would do if you're given a second chance and, you know, if you wish you weren't in this situation and you wouldn't take certain things for granted, you know, go forward on that. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today. And hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney, and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.